The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Welcome back. Welcome back to Paper Route. I am your host, Brandon Marshall, a.k.a. The Beast, a.k.a. this, a.k.a. that. And I'm sitting okay. here with Andrew. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Andrew Yo. out west. What they do. And we got BC in the booth. We got a little, what is it called uh, when you're in school? It's like, uh, you know, when you take attendance, what is it called? What is roll that called? call. Is it roll call? Roll yeah. Call. Andrew. And you hear, you guys say, you gonna say uh, here or you know present? What my thing was, what was it? Present, present. That's what I used to say. BC, well, BC. <laughs> Yo, that's you ain't say nah, that shit. Nah, nah, you lying, BC. You I'm ain't like, say that. You know what nah, BC nah. probably said? He said, he said here, here. here. Yeah, he I'm like, like here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that Brooklyn. <laughs> that Brooklyn. Nah, I'll be like here. BC, BC, BC. Yo, what's going on in the world of sports? What's going on in the world of culture? What are we? Is there anything in particular that we need to talk about today? Today, let's see what do we got going on out here. Uh, shit, we got um. Look, I threw him on the spot. Look, 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 look. Yeah, what's up? Catch the oop. Catch the oop. Yo. Yeah. What we got, I, I, I'm like, yo, I ain't even gonna hold you. I'm dealing with a couple, you know, technical, technical things right here, so I can't really even focus. All right, so. let me tell you guys what we have because uh, uh, BC totally missed the oop. I, I missed the alley. You missed the oop. We got Justin Fields. More talk about Justin Fields. I think there was a little bit more sound that came out of that one clip that came out yesterday. That yeah. everybody was talking about. Yeah, it was a um, clip of him jumping in the kitchen and that's right. basically screaming about going to Atlanta. Right. So let's break down that a little bit more. Uh, Dame and the Bucks, nothing like breaking news or anything, but interesting comments. Dame, there's a lot of people laughing at Dame right now because Dame talk about how bored he is being in Milwaukee. Um, and I don't blame him, but there's some people that are commenting and they have some valid and some good points there. Uh, BC, you could have talked about Off White. Off White uh, dropped some new shoes. I ain't want to talk about Off White shoes. Them shits is garbage. No, no, 
Okay. Oh, wait, okay. wait, 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 wait. Okay. Sorry. Well, let's, let, let's discuss. Sorry, sorry, my bad, my bad. Let's discuss. I can't wait to hear from you and your thoughts there. Um, you got uh, Vic Lombardi. I believe his name is Vic Lombardi. Um, Michael. Is it Michael? Michael Lombardi. Excuse me. Pushing back on uh, Antonio Pierce. Uh, so there's a little, uh, you know, a little tension. A little interesting debacle. There you go. So let's talk about that as well. As well. And then more Dak in the Cowboys. I love talking Dak. Dak in the BC. Cowboys. A little bit more talk. What's that, tip- what's that typical response to Dak? <sighs> <laughs> we love you, Dak. It's the Cowboys. Trust me. It's the Cowboys. Listen, this is Paper Route. I'm your host, Brandon Marshall. And we got BC in the booth. And we got Andrew out west. Let the show begin. And don't forget, we had Russell Wilson on the show earlier this week. And there's more sound coming out of Russell Wilson. You think we're not going to uh, overwhelm you guys with Russell Wilson (laughs) sound? This dude don't talk. And when we have guys that don't talk, we're going to replay and repurpose and cut and clip and edit all the sound bites all week. Maybe hell for two weeks. But I think this is probably hey, be a week. That might be too long. So we got Russell Wilson. More sound from Russell Wilson coming out later in the show. Uh, I know some of you guys may have missed it. And there's some things you guys didn't hear. So second half of this show, we will play some Russell Wilson sound. Andrew, what do we got? B, I got to say right away, man, you're putting a lot of baking soda with that Russell Wilson right now. You're spreading it thin. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right. But uh, what we're going to do is get into the show. Guys, uh, this could be the biggest news coming off the weekend. We are starting to get more indications that Justin Fields will soon be traded. First, we have the video of Justin Fields celebrating in his kitchen with someone saying, you excited to go home? And the background of the video, where is home for Fields? Georgia? Now we have sports books making the Falcons overwhelming favorites to land fields. So let's get go there and assume Justin is going to the ATL. What needs to be said, B? Mm, so we're not going to play the sound? No, no sound? Okay. It's all good. We don't have to play it. Um, listen. It's here. It happened. Justin Fields to the Atlanta Falcons. I repeat, Justin Fields to the Atlanta Falcons yesterday. All the sport, sports books. All the sports books yesterday took down their bet or whatever it was, their odds on where Justin Fields could land. I said, well, what does that mean? Brian, what does that mean? Well, that means somebody in Vegas knows what's happening. But they're back up. And Atlanta, the Falcons, are overwhelmingly the favorites to land Justin Fields. And it's probably going to happen ASAP. So Justin Fields, welcome back home. I'm not sure. I think it's like 20, 30 minutes outside of Atlanta. I don't know. He ain't from Bankhead. (laughs) He ain't from Decatur. But he is from the surrounding area. You might as well call him Atlanta kid. Well, you got it. I got it. 36 minutes. Did you want to hear the video still? Oh, we can't hear the we we can't hear the video. Yeah. What what, from the audio from yesterday? Yeah, we got the audio from yesterday. It's just it's really him just yelling in the kitchen. Uh, I got it right here. Sorry, but yeah, that was the video of him. He was uh, jumping, yelling in the kitchen. And B, I just want to let you know, he's only about 36 minutes from Atlanta from where he was born. 36 minutes from Atlanta. 
So that's the that's Justin Fields, and I think there was a someone that said, "How does it feel to?" I think that was the other audio that came out recently. How does it feel? You talking to about go the, home? the the Brown Brothers podcast? Yeah, I'm not sure. No, somebody there was sound that we talked about in our production meeting today. Right. Let's just oh, move on. Let's just move you're on. You're talking about the Let's same move video. on. Let's move on. Justin Fields, <laughs> welcome back to Atlanta. All right, Justin Fields, you are home. All right, what else do we have? So the follow-up to that would be that if Fields is in Atlanta, we can assume that Caleb Williams will be in Chicago. So what needs to be said to Caleb about your former team? You know what? Like I said yesterday, this is a win-win for Caleb and also Justin Fields. Um, the Chicago Bears um, – because, like, you know, what do you do in this situation? You know, I think the – I think that there's too much on the line, meaning from a fan base standpoint and the bad PR um, and the bad tension that you – and the tension that you can get from, you know, all these loyal fans, right? Because people aren't just extremely high on Justin Fields. So, hell, there's some people that, that that's ready for him to move on. So if you keep him and then you pay him and nothing changes, man, you don't want that pushback. So now you trade him, you get more assets, and then you bring in Caleb, which he's on a rookie deal, so now you can invest in people around him and go draft more guys because you'll have more draft capital. Like, you win. And Caleb, everything that's coming from Caleb right now, man, is, uh, it's, uh, it's exciting. I-, I love those quotes. Yo, I want to be immortal. It's not about the fame. It's not about the money. I want to be immortal. And so when you hear someone talk like that, they're in position. I want a guy to talk like that. I don't want a guy that comes in and it's just like meek and it's just like, ah, oh, just say it. No, bro. Because even the dudes who are quiet, they, they walk around with a swagger and a confidence and a little bit of cockiness. And when they do talk, it's powerful. But I need a confident quarterback. I need somebody to be a little bit delusional. I want somebody to come in and say, yo, I'm chasing Tom Brady. And then what, what are we going to say? Oh, my goodness, he's crazy. What, why would he say that? He's Well, you want somebody to say, well, oh, my, Tom Brady, you know, he's untouchable. I'll never be able to catch him. I'll never be able to catch Patrick Mahomes. You got Cam Newton that came out and said, I want to be iconic. Before he was even drafted. Russell Wilson, we learned this during the draft process, says, I want to play 20 years. He's still, he's not even on a team yet. Never even made a team. So I like what's coming out. And it was interesting, BC, uh, hearing Caleb say that I would love to be drafted by the Chicago Bears, excuse me, number one overall, be an honor. Yeah. Because all talk, like all, all year yeah, was, all don't draft was, me. Yeah, don't draft me. So I wonder where the change of heart came from. But, I mean, it, it's good to hear because, I mean, to go in there and try to dictate where you want to go and say you don't want to play for the Chicago Bears, if they sit in there at one and you want to be the number one draft pick, you go into the Chicago Bears. So he had to warm up to that idea eventually anyway. So, uh, you know, I think it's a good thing. I love to hear it and um, can't wait to see what happens. But, yeah, all, all signs – our point in two fields in Atlanta. So, I and and listen. Um, if I had the opportunity to sit down with this this young man, that would be one of my first questions. Like, what changed? Mm-hmm. Who did you talk to? Yeah. Right, because they had their feet dug in. Right, right. right. And you know, I mean, this is like a one eighty. 
Totally. Like, we don't want to go to Chicago Bears. That's what they say. <laughs> Not the Bears. Anywhere but the Bears. Not the now Bears. Now it's it would be an honor. You know, so something changed. He spoke to somebody, an OG or something that was like, look, son. <laughs> and, and and here's what I would say. This is why here, here this is why let me go to let me see if I have these notes. All right, here we go. Let me make sure before I make this comment. Since the start of Super Bowl era, the Bears are ranked dead last in passing yards, pass per attempt, and T D to interception ratio. Okay, here there you go. All right. No, here's me, here sorry. Here's why Justin Fields should be excited about the Chicago Bears because they never had any excellent quarterback play ever and we're talking about one of the richest organizations in the National Football League this is royalty and you happen to be in a huge market the second largest market in the U.S. when it comes to sports this is a sports town they love their Chicago Bears. And let's not get it twisted. We know the Chicago Bulls are there. We know the Hawks are there. We know the Sox are there. We know the Cubs are there. And guess what? The Chicago Bears are still number one. They're still dominant. Oh, Michael, the Chicago Bears, I'm telling you, is they are, they are king there. And so if you look at this from that perspective, yes, you have the elements. For sure. But shit, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers played in in, in Lambeau. In Appleton, Wisconsin. You talk about elements so you can get it done there. Mm-hmm. So when you think about it, Caleb Williams, you should be excited because when you look at the Chicago Bears since the Super Bowl era, the Bears are ranked dead last in quarterback play. So you look at passing yards, passing yards per attempt, TD to interception ratio. When you think about the Chicago, the face of the Chicago Bears at the quarterback position, you have who? Jay Cutler. McMahon. McMahon. And Jay Cutler. That's it. So if you come in and you and you're just good, you have a, <laughs> a which he which, which he said he wants to be immortal. He wants to be f- great. Yeah. Man, they're going to love you forever. And this is a this is an organization that has more Hall of Famers than any other organization. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope Caleb likes steak. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like you said, they get free free steak for life, man. But that's so good to hear because it's, it's the ability to go in somewhere and become and champion that mm-hmm. position after I did the math thirty eight years, bro. Listen, it's like this, there's some organizations and there's some uh, situations. Where you're like, man, if I win here, immortal. Just talk about being immortal. Yeah, you're going to have everything you want. That would be amazing. You know, and some of those organizations, right, where we're talking about the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. Who else can we throw the out there? 49ers. Let's not forget the Chicago f- and Arizona, the first two NFL teams. That's right. The 49ers. Um, you got... The Chicago Bears up there, it's like, I look at organizations where it's like, you know, bottom of the barrel, hasn't won in a very long time. You know what I mean? Even the Jets. Like, I, that excites me. Yo, I could be a part of the team or I could be the player to get them to their first Super Bowl, win their first Super Bowl, hoist that Lombardi. 
you know, since 40, 50 years or 20 years, whatever it is, depending on what team we're talking about, man, they love you forever. And that's what it's about. Going to the Patriots and doing it, now you just – in the same conversation as Tom Brady and all the other greats that has been doing it, uh, you know, as of recent. Yeah. You think Phil's going to have one of those uh, uh, C.J. Stroud seasons? Not Phil's, excuse me, Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams? Yeah, I think he I, – listen, um, I mean, that's like I, – I don't know. I don't even want to put that on him, right? Because if he doesn't, doesn't yeah. mean that he's not capable or he's not good. It's not it's not doesn't mean that he's not you know as good or even better than a CJ Stroud. So, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that has to you know uh, factor in that factors into that. You know, what type of play is he going to get around him? You know, do we really believe in this offensive coordinator? Who is this offensive coordinator? Right. So there there's so many different factors uh, that we have mm-hmm. to consider. So can he? Yes, yes. From a mindset standpoint and what we've seen so far. Uh, over the last couple of years, the answer is yes. But they look, they're they're sitting at four with uh, cap space. They got seventy six million dollars in 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 in, 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 in money that they can deploy into free agency, right? They're gonna have more assets to you know in the draft draft capital. So they gotta go. Sir, they got who's their, who's gonna be their tank there? I know they got their, their you know they got some pieces now, but they need they need some more firepower. Man, I'm going to tell you right now, I just think Caleb needs to just go forward, like get to know every person in the in the office's name right. and just fall in love with the Bears, man. But we're going to move into the NBA court real quick. B, did you know that Dame Lillard is a little lonely? <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't I'm know seeing, that. <laughs> I'm seeing some in the chat. I'm seeing some in the chat. Yeah, in, in a recent lonely. interview, Dame admitted that life in Milwaukee is actually, quote unquote, lonely, and he doesn't have much of a life. He goes on to say that he typically just watches boxing videos, plays video games at night. So, of course, social media had to roast Dame. The mic drop was when someone posted, and quote, could you guys imagine having to make $400,000 a day for a maximum of 48 minutes of work and then having to drive to your 30,000 square foot home (laughs) in, in your Lamborghini to play video games until you're ready for bed? Hang in there, brother. (laughs) <laughs> B, do you have any sympathy for Dame? I actually do. Yeah, but I understand <laughs> whoever, wherever this, wherever this comment came from, a fan. I actually understand, you know, why they feel that way. But mm-hmm. like, we can clarify. There's not too many guys in sitting in a thirty thousand square foot oh, crib. No. Can he afford it? No. Yes. And Dame, Dame doesn't take. I don't take Dame as a Lambo guy. See, look, Dame mm. seems more like. You know, Escalade. Right, big boy. I could even Range see him Rangers in a box. Like, cool. Yeah, that's what I see him in. You know what I'm saying? I don't see yeah. him in the exotics, but he might he might have something. He might got a, he he, might got a toy or two, though. He got, <laughs> but I see him like in a, like a Ray for, you know, the calling in, like yeah. something like that. Like yeah. something. Some big, big body joint that's, you know, pulling up. Yeah. Right. But here here's why I feel for him, BC, right? So, you know, we just talked about. Caleb Williams and the environment, and I talk, I brought up uh, Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre living in Appleton, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing there. Well, the distance between that and Milwaukee is not far, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about there's really not much there. And, look, 
Everybody's lives are different. Yes, Dame Lillard makes millions of dollars. Yes, Dame Lillard can afford a 30,000 square foot home and a Lamborghini. Does he have that? We don't know. And probably not on a 30,000 square foot crib. But, you know, when you're looking at yourself amongst your peers and you see LeBron James in L.A., and then it's like, damn, after the game, he's at Delilah's. <laughs> hey, but LeBron's he's, he's at this too. show, that show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you look and you see, you know. Uh, uh, you see Jimmy out here in, in, in uh, Miami getting the music videos. and bro, doing, right? <laughs> You know what I mean? Sipping coffee. Yeah, you at know, ZZ's, uh, yeah. at Prime 112. <laughs> and then you see, you know, Jalen Brunson at Carbone <laughs> or maybe doing a Broadway show. It's like. <laughs> Damn, and I'm in Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when you put it like that, he's stuck. I mean, Portland, I think Portland was probably a little bit better for him because there's a little bit of a scene out there in Portland. So I, I heard some people say, well, oh, it's not that, that much better than Portland. Um, Portland got a little scene. They got their own thing going on out there. And or I haven't been, but I've heard. Um, so, yeah, being in Wisconsin, uh, yeah, I'm sure he's stuck out there. Like, ah, but. Dame seems like the kind of guy that kind of likes that chill, not too, not too much. Not, I don't really ever see any pictures of him like out being mixy. And I'm gonna tell you what type of guy I've been. I've been out and I've you know ran into him you know two or three times. Let me tell you what type of dude he is. He, you're right. He's not like that, but he's the type of dude that you don't even know he's in a room. He's there. But yeah. you don't know he's yeah. in the room. He's in the corner chilling. He might yeah. be sipping on some water. You know, it's almost like, you know, like when I go out, you know what I love? I like the people watch. Dane looks like a people watcher. Right. Yeah, right. he does. Right. He ain't a yeah, bottle popper, yeah. but he's a people watcher. That's <laughs> right. what Dane looked like. And, 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 and some are saying, some are saying that this farther pushes this conspiracy theory forward that Dane really wants to be in Miami. Yeah. I mean, he said, I mean, well, his team said it. He wants to be in Miami, but he's going to live in Milwaukee for now because it gives him a good chance to win. Yeah, but for now, how long is now? Two like years. I, is it two years he has to be there? I think so. I could double check the rest of his contract. But I, I am trying so. to get a handle on who Dame is, right? I Googled Damian Lillard in the club, and three pitches came up. Two of them were the same. <laughs> I, I googled LeBron in the club, and I can't find a similar picture. It's just LeBron in the club. Yeah, LeBron but, outside. Yeah, but Dame only got these. It's like these yeah. two times he went out. Yeah. Dame so and we know Harden. Cool. You know Harden goes out. Like right. people enjoy oh, their life. Harden. Harden. So, oh, Harden. Harden. Harden that's his, yeah. Hey, he Google live outside. Harden, Google Harden in the club. <laughs> he live outside. outside. Right. Paul. But like, is that really him? Like. You know, I don't think he's bored. I think it, it may be a situation where he probably don't feel his challenge. Maybe he missed some things in Portland, but like, I mean, he probably feels I mean, like he can't. I don't. I mean, I don't know his relationship situation, but maybe he, you know, he feels like he can't just go outside and run into a thing. You know what I mean? Just in Milwaukee like that. I don't. You know, I don't know. Maybe in Portland it was a little bit better. You know, I'm sure well, in Miami he probably would have had a. You know. <laughs> a ting a ting or tings no no tings <laughs> but no well actually i remember this coming up and i was gonna bring up the same thing bc which is that a couple months ago i remember hearing that him and his wife split so mm. you move to a new town okay so b let, let's set it up let's that set makes, it up that makes here it is sense. you you in portland right here you on the on the jet right right right, right the pj right. all right you're like all right portland i'm out 
Boom, you land in Milwaukee. Three weeks later, you get divorced. Oh. You haven't been here for more than three weeks. You don't know anything going on. Oof. Yeah, you're making a ton of money. It's not the most popular city. Sorry, Milwaukee. That might be the situation. Like, do yeah. you think that's the situation? Like, okay, cool. If I have my best friend, you know, we could figure it out. Right, right. But now I'm yeah, in the 30000 by myself. In the Lambo. Does he have kids? Making millions. He does have kids. Yeah, that could be what's perpetuating these feelings yeah. you know? from Dame. Dame right. is like, yeah. I'm outside, but I can't be outside. Where I'm going to go? I'm yeah. in Milwaukee. You got to figure exactly. it out again. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. That's probably the situation because when you do have your lady, y'all could be anywhere. Bro, if y'all good. Right. It's like, good. yeah, we eat. And then there we watch it, our little shows at night. You know, yeah, we exactly. doing what we doing. And then that's. You know, you do, there's you something do to do day. at the end of the night. You do it the next day. Not just that's video right. games. You being entertained on Instagram, you just looking. You just looking on Instagram. Like, that's your fun when you married. He got to fly them <laughs> yeah. he <gotta> fly <laughs> out. He yeah, now he's sitting in this 30,000 square foot crib like, damn, like. Now that thumb on overdrive. Now he got to. on overdrive. Now he got to import them. He got to fly them out. They got to get oh, the food out the Milwaukee. DC. <laughs> DC, Dame is a God-fearing man. He would never. Uh, hey. But. Hey. So we go. We gonna we gonna get off Dame. We gonna get off Dame. We love Dame on the show. Um, maybe if he does come down, we would love for Dame to join the show and maybe give us some insight to his Milwaukee experience. Uh, BC, yo, uh, you got a little shoe project you want to um, tell us about? Nah, I mean, you know, <laughs> did you hear about these or see these uh, off white joints? I did. You know what? I seen them. I seen them. Uh, Freaking Jazz sent these to, and I don't know what Jazz. Jazz works on, is on our team, you know, uh, lead and brand for us. You know, it's the 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 face of the brand. Jazz is he creates the face of the brand, <laughs> and so I don't know if Jazz like rock with these shoes or not. He just sent them over, and I'm like, these is trash. I sent back the emoji like the throwing up emoji. <laughs> But I need to figure out if I'm a I'm a question jazz as one of the you know best dudes in the business when it comes to creative and brand and vision. And if jazz like these shoes, then I gotta question him, bro. Yo, let us know, man. What what you saying, Jazz, about these shoes, bro? Because I'm not trying to wear a basketball on my feet. B, so B. I know our audience has mostly audio, but I do have a pair of the shoes right now. Oh, They're in man. my head, guys. <laughs> Yeah. I have a pair of the shoes. Yeah. <laughs> right. I do right. not want to wear basketballs on my feet. It, Bro, it, these are worse than N1s from back in the day. I'm sorry. Well, you got to tell nah, them. You got to so describe what the shoe is and what's in your hand. So for people who are, you know, as listening, they can understand. I got you. I got you. Uh, so these are Off-Whites, mm-hmm. which is the brand by Virgil. Virgil Blow. Um, is it a Blow or Blow? But um, sorry if I miscorrected. Rest in peace. But he came up with some new kicks. And they were released... But it's been kind of unfavorable mentions because the whole shoe is made out of basketball leather. So imagine just like shoes. I don't even know how to describe this. Like it's shoes wrapped it's in basketball, basketball leather. You're, you're basketball. literally like, you're, you're literally walking around in uh, a basketball. Yeah, you got basketballs on your, on your um, feet. But so but the question good. becomes because we did cover a lot of shoes this week. We had uh, we we touched on Khaled and that one the break the the the, the seal of his shoes. No, no, it was we the had, sand. He, he didn't want to get them dirty. He didn't want to get them dirty. Then we had Trump never surrenders, <laughs> never or, surrenders. Or, or, the, or the January sixes. <laughs> oh my goodness! And now we have Virgil's basketball shoe so like <laughs> i gotta ask the question between the last two which shoe gun to the head guys so there's no way out of this gun to the head 
Are you wearing Trump shoes or Virgil shoes? Well, I'm going Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm putting back. Like, I'm not even going to say Virgil. I'm saying off-white. Let's not say Virgil. Let's yeah, say off-white. Yeah, exactly. I don't know who designed yeah, these. Exactly. Probably Virgil didn't design these, but... I'm gonna say off white shoes, but then I'm putting like bags on them, like them blue things <laughs> yeah, that you, yeah. when you wear in the house yeah. you wanna get there. Yeah. Ain't no pipe know what's on. My feet. So you ain't, gonna, yeah. you ain't gonna be seen in them. Yeah. Um, what about you? I, I'm going that route, man. Damn, I'm going so that no, route. nobody getting a never surrender? <laughs> no. Nah, nah. All right, all right. I'm all not right. jacking those. All right, guys. Well, let's talk a little bit more beef, uh, but not between players this time. This is going on in the NFL. And this time, the former NFL GM, Michael Lombardi, and by the way, no relation to Vince, is blasting Raiders coach Antonio Pierce for the, for the talking he has done this offseason. Take a listen. While we get that video together, I just wanted to say that I looked up Michael Lombardi, and I thought he would be related to Vince, but it's actually his grandson, Joe Lombardi, who is in the NFL and was last year. And, I, and after we play this video, I want to hear from you because he was last year's OC on Denver. Right, right. Joe Lombardi. Yes, right. The grandson of Vince Lombardi. Are we ready with that video? And Somebody in the Raiders him. tell him to shut up. Like, just shut up. Like, you're not P.T. Barnum. Stop promoting. Like, get back to work. Barnum. I mean, like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? You know, like, what are you going to get? You've beaten them one time. They had a and they went on and won the Super Bowl from there. I mean, this is like your job is to be a strategist. Your job isn't to be a a, a promoter. I mean, like, this is he's embarrassed. I I I I'm just telling you, this is bad. Uh, this is bad. And mm. look, I, it has nothing to do. This thing you can't. You can't talk like this in the offseason when your team doesn't even have a freaking quarterback. Man, I mean, Michael sounds upset in that video, but Lombardi used the word Well, let me say let, let, let me Go say ahead, this. D. Let me say this. Let's use Michael Lombardi's words against him and while I'm doing this, can you please pull up Michael Lombardi in his history because he is regarded as a a, a really good football mind. Right. There's a lot of people to bring Michael Lombardi in to consult, help hire general managers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, over the last, what, X amount of years, he's been on NFL Network as this talking head and this expert. Right. So he knows the game. He knows ball. He's been around a very long time. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that he said, because we're going to use his words against me, you're a strategist. Your job is to strategize. Well, we need people to embrace. You want players to embrace what you're selling. You want players to embrace the Raiders. Why would I go to the Raiders when you got Patrick Mahomes in a division? When's the last time they lost a division? Why would I go there when Jim Harbaugh is now in a division with Justin Herbert? That's more attractive, and it's in L.A. Vegas is great, too, obviously. You know, Vegas, Vegas. But what he's doing is he's making this an attractive destination for a few reasons. One, this is he's a player. Mm -hmm. And Lombardi, you're not a player. You don't understand player language. You don't speak player, Lombardi. This is what we want. You up there sitting in the office with your suit on and pushing paper, 
but you don't know what the hell's going on in the locker room. You don't know what vibe we want in the locker room. He's a player who won a Super Bowl, who's respected amongst players. So when a coach has respect and he has buy-in, you get your players to play harder. It's, and that's exactly what he did and what he's talking about. Your guy, Josh McDaniel, was fired. He wasn't even an assistant, uh, you know, uh, head coach or whatever it is, the number two. He was just a linebacker's coach starting his career. Nobody thought Antonio Pierce would be a head coach this fast or even had him on the radar as, radar as a head coach. But guess what? They gave him an opportunity. And what did he do with the, with the opportunity? He started winning. He beat Patrick Mahomes. He beat all these teams. Took, take them, took them down on the wire. Playoff teams. So obviously it's working. His strategy is working. Yep. It's working. Josh McDaniels, who embraced what you're saying, what you're, what you're saying uh, Antonio uh, uh, Pierce should embrace, mm-hmm. quiet, just be this, be that. Mm-hmm. He ain't get the job done. <laughs> he got his ass fired for the second time. Yep. Denver Broncos lasted two years. Fired. Las Vegas Raiders lost, lasted two years. Fired. Antonio Pierce comes in, take over, turns the team around. So you say he should be a, a, a strategist. It's part of his job. And when I look at this, I see strategy. I see him being himself. Authentic, real, which makes people fall in love with you when you're a good dude mm-hmm. and you're well-respected mm-hmm. and you're going to have guys running through a brick wall for, for Antonio Pierce. And he is right. He do need to find a quarterback. And if he finds a quarterback, oh. it could be a wrap. Yeah. These, this is new age. This is what the players want. We're seeing that even in Dion. Well, Dion only won four games last year. Don't matter. It's a process. Do Look you, at the recruiting now. Look at what he has coming in. Can he get that offensive line fixed, defensive line fixed? Because you know he's going to have wide receivers. He got a quarterback. You know he's going to have DBs. You know he's going to have the skill. But people are buying into Dion Sanders being exactly himself and being the best salesman per motor. Colorado's now an attractive attractive destination for a lot of these five-star recruits. What do you think Vegas is going to turn into if he continues this? Yeah. Especially if they start winning. Yeah. A lot of of sports is starting to end up in Vegas. A lot of uh, tournaments, everything, man. I I like this new wave, V. I like seeing former players become coaches only a couple, maybe a decade after their career. And I'm looking at Antonio Pierce. I mean, he went way back. Man, my man's went and coached at high school for four years before ever doing anything else. That's right. It so was like, successful. And was successful. So, you know, that's that's beautiful that he's made it to this point. Same thing with Gerard Mayo. Um, but I do want to say this, B, because you gave your you gave good points, right? But what would be your response if you were actually Antonio Pierce? And the question is, would you take the high road? But but before you go. Remember, let's let's kick it to uh, our Russell Wilson interview. At the very end, Russell was trying to stay high. Yes, right. That's and what right. were you trying to do? I was trying to get low. Go low. I was trying to go. So, low. what would you do if you Antonio Pierce and you hear Michael say this yeah, about you? I would, listen, it is not even about being going high or, or or going low in in this sense. You know, when it when when discussing Antonio Pierce and Michael Lombardi, mm-hmm. 
it's really about him just being himself. Like, and, and so if he wants to come out and say, shut the hell up, mm. which I can see him doing, like, what the <laughs> hell do you know? It's going to work. If he doesn't want to say anything, it's going to work. It's just like yeah. him being himself and being authentic. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't like this from Michael Lombardi, but I can understand it. He's old. He's a yeah. suit. He don't, he don't understand uh, what's, what's working now. Mm. Mayo and with the Patriots, right, his energy – his commentary, how he's answering questions, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is what it. This is what it is. I got you. I got you, guys. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Dak Prescott and a big decision upcoming. Dak is entering the final year of his current deal, and as Brandon will tell you, Prescott Prescott has all the leverage. So, what are the Cowboys going to do? Jerry's son, Stephen Jones, said, end quote, our whole thing with Dak is that he is a cowboy. That's all that's on our mind. Jones mentions that they also have Micah and CD to pay. So let me ask you this, B. Do the Cowboys need Dak more than Dak needs the Cowboys? The Cowboys need Dak Prescott more than Dak Prescott needs the Cowboys. From a business standpoint, they have to play nice with Dak because Dak has all the leverage. Mm-hmm. You can't franchise tag him. He has a no-trade clause. He's hitting the cap for a crazy amount of money, maybe $59 million. So you want to restructure that, right? And then if you, you, know, if you don't handle business properly now, then it's going to affect you later. And if he does move on, he, he's still um, hitting you with dead money. So it puts you in a tough spot, right? So Dak Prescott not only has the leverage from a business perspective, but also from a production standpoint. The only thing Dak Prescott hasn't done is win a Super Bowl. And last I checked, there's a lot of legendary quarterbacks that never won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of legendary quarterbacks like John Elway that didn't win a Super Bowl until the last two years of his career. John Elway was done. John Elway had duct tape. wrapped around his elbows and knees and hips to keep him on the field. True story. Like, this is real. Duct tape? Well, maybe I'm exaggerating that part a little bit, but basically, like, tape was holding him together. Yeah. And at the very end of his career, he wins two. He wins two. And now John Elway is considered one of the, obviously, one of the best to ever do it. So what happens if this gentleman, like, has is Dak Prescott even in year 10 or is he going into year 9? He is right now going into year 9. He's going into year 9. So there's still a lot of football left for Dak Prescott. He has to win. And winning cures all. And if he does, he can find himself amongst some of the great. He could be a potential Hall of Famer. Look at the numbers. Compare Dak Prescott's. Numbers, his first his his numbers in the within the first through the first eight years to Drew Brees, to Tom Brady, to Ben Roethlisberger, and there's a couple others that I can throw out there. We did this exercise last year. I'm not doing it again. I'm not gonna bore you guys with all the numbers. You guys do your own freaking research. Dak Prescott through eight years, compare him to Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, add others in there and see where he matches up. I already did it. I'm telling you. If it's identical, or in some categories even better. So what? 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 BC? What? 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 You know what, what? Come on, <laughs> what? man! Give him too much sauce on the Dak on on Dak right now. Too much sauce on Dak. First of all, according to our uh, 
text decision here. B, he's basically the same QB statistically as Kirk Cousins. Statistically, as Kirk Cousins. So hold on, hold on, hold on. What do you mean he's statistically the same? Statistically, if you put them up, please put their uh their stats up there. Who? I got you. Statistically, I was they're about even in stats. So where are you saying that Kirk Cousins is a potential Hall of Famer, legendary quarterback? We're not talking about. Are you just you basing this off of his entire career, or are you basing this off of Kirk Cousins' first year, first eight years? Let's say his first. Let's say his first eight years. Okay. Because how long has Cousins been playing? Hold on. So, so, so but, we, but we don't have to get bogged down by all of that right now because you, you, you kind of throwing me off guard now. I got to get like, okay, what's going to happen right now? You're saying, so what are you saying? You're saying his numbers are identical to Kirk Cousins. Okay, now what follows after this? What are you saying? What I'm saying is, are we saying the same thing about Kirk Cousins? If we put Dak in, say, mm-hmm. Minnesota or we put Dak in anywhere, Carolina, are we talking about him the same way? See, see, I'm glad that you asked that question. Because yes, Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback. You know what we, you He's know really what we, good, you know what we say, you, you know what we say. I, is he a great? Are you putting him with the greats right now? Well, it depends on you, you, you got to map out. You got to map out your own criteria. Like, what is your criteria of okay. great? Let's talk about that. Like, this is a, these are layers to this conversation. Okay. Because if you put Dak Prescott in any other organization, okay, so now the 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 expectations, the expectations around. Uh no, I got it. The expectations around Dak, like the Cowboys, it's not on Dak Prescott, which means the commentary changes. Dak Prescott is a really good quarterback. Yes. Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback, and the knock on Kirk Cousins, oh he ha- he hasn't won primetime games, or oh he hasn't won a big one. So then all I'm going to do is take all that information, then compare them to the damn Marinos of the world. And the John Elway's of the world. These guys are still playing, so they still have time to go win the big one or change that narrative. Hell, even Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers won one, and he's done some amazing things, but he's won one. One. He's won one. So the only thing that is keeping them from having a strong, strong legacy is Mm -hmm. winning a big one. What happens if Dak Prescott wins one? What happens if Kirk Cousins wins one? If my if was a spliff. If, if. <laughs> so, but 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 but, but I, I, but I hear you. I, I, I see what you're saying, though. I, I understand what you're saying, but also, we don't put the same type of pressures on Kirk Cousins. Yeah, we as do. we do. Not the same as Dak. Kirk. No, Kirk is right Kirk is out there. He's not. We're not like. Oh, this is the year for Kirk Cousins. This is the year of Cousins. Like we don't start the yeah. season off like that. We start you're off right. the season with this is the year. Is this the year for Dak Prescott? Mm-hmm. Is this the year for the Dallas Cowboys? That's right. So that's, that's right. what I'm saying. If it, it's it's not the same, even though they're you know similar in in stats. No, I I did want to because you brought this up first, which mm-hmm. was John Elway, mm-hmm. and I want to just and again I'm trying to make sure the audience knows I'm not trying to hate on John Elway's different eras, the 80s versus the 2010s, but it's actually kind of crazy how much better Dak was at eight years compared to John Elway like he had 5,000 more yards about 70 who had more uh Dak has go ahead uh, he had uh 5,000 more yards by this point um he had 70 plus more touchdowns and he had about and these are rough estimates but almost 50 less interceptions (laughs) 
So who's it? This is that that compared to Elway. I ain't even put him into that's, my case study. Yeah, that's that compared that's to that Elway, compared who, to who's Elway. considered what a top yeah. five, top and, ten quarterback, and won two rings ever. He, well, he's in the top ten ever. Maybe top ten. But I just bring that up because it's it's to show that like right now, yeah, Dak is balling, but we still could see him win at thirty six. You that, know, and that's my whole, but and, it's it's not just Dak Prescott. It's also, you know, I can see how you threw Kirk Cousins into this conversation. Kirk Cousins has a it's a it's a totally different debate there. But even like the Russell Wilsons of the world, right? It's like this is part of the process. They still have time. Now, yeah, there's a lot of validity behind, you know, the other side of this argument, whether it's interceptions during, you know, you know, parts of the season or a season. There are seasons where you lose, seasons where you get bounced from the playoffs, don't make the playoffs, so it's all valid. But me as a former player, I'm here to say, look, they're still active. And you look at their numbers, their numbers are on pace to get them into Canton. Canton. And you, mm-hmm. if you're comparing that to all these other great quarterbacks, and then when you want to break down the situations, right – so John Elway, who's considered a top 10 quarterback of all time. A lot of people love John Elway, have him extremely high on their quarterback board. He didn't win it until his last two years. And he had duct tape holding him up. I mean, that's one case, so, that's one case, uh, uh, case study. So basically what I'm saying is this is, okay, I understand y'all side of the argument. But let's balance it out a little bit. Dak Prescott's numbers through eight years compared to all these other quarterbacks is right there or if not better in some categories. And I'm talking about look at Tom Brady's numbers. Look at Drew Brees' numbers. Hell, I ain't even have Elway in there. Look at Ben Roethlisberger's numbers, et cetera, et cetera. And so what I'm saying is slow down because you don't want to be on the wrong side of the argument Two, three, four, five years from now, where where now you're like, oh, I gotta apologize because I was killing him, I was crushing him, but he finally got it. He I'm finally not, won it. I'm not saying he's not on a trajectory to have an amazing career and possibly a Hall of Fame career. That's up for debate, obviously. What I'm saying is though, I don't see the winning quarterback where he's gonna take it all the way. I don't. I just don't see it. I don't see it. I see, yeah, he's great. He has the numbers, everything. He has the physical talent. But I just don't see him going all the way to the end, especially but, with all these obstacles in his way. But is it about – but here's the thing. It's not I, I, all on them. Like, mm-hmm. they are the quarterback, so obviously the commentary, a lot of the coverage is going to be around them. But, man, if you look at the Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, right, it's like did, did, we, did we expect them to win it? And then when you look at the situations, Mahomes? I'm not. I said Super Bowl, not this Super. I'm talking about over like the last fifty years. Okay. Look at quarterbacks who who've won it. Did we expect them to win it? And then when you look at some of these situations, and you say, was it really this quarterback, or was it the defense, or was it, you know, uh, the coaching? Prime example: Peyton Manning. Look at the like from Peyton Manning's first Super Bowl in Indy to his second. Last Super Bowl in Denver, how many years went by? And then, who won that Super Bowl? P. 
Peyton Manning gets the credit. Oh, two-time Super Bowl winning champion. But what we're not talking about right now is that Peyton Manning was bitched for Brock Osweiler. Mm. He was bitched. <laughs> Brock Osweiler was that bad. Peyton Manning was that bad that they benched him for Brock Osweiler, who was already bad. Bad, 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 bad. Because he got the big deal in, in Houston, I believe it was. Got ran out of there after a year and a half or whatever. Then he was the backup to Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was that bad that Brock Osweiler and relieved him. And then Brock was that bad that they brought Peyton Manning back in. Peyton Manning couldn't throw it past 35 yards. Right. My seven-year-old son, four-year-old son can throw it 35 yards right now. Now with an NFL ball, but you get him, you know, a <laughs> yeah. pop water ball, you can throw it 35 yards. <laughs> it was Vaughn Miller in that defense that got them to that Super Bowl and won that Super Bowl. Tom Brady. And y'all, I love Tom Brady. I love Peyton Manning, but I gotta I gotta speak the truth and the facts. Tom Brady, he goes to Tampa. He wins it in year one. That's legendary. That's hard to do. It's unheard of. But was it Tom Brady or was it Todd Bowles in that defense? Remember, the first six weeks, we was like, what's going on? There's beef between Tom. Stay with me. Beef between Tom Brady and, and, and Bruce Arians, the head coach. What's going on in the offense? Da, da, da. All these mishaps. The offense wasn't clicking. You know when the offense start really clicking? Week 12. Week 12. They start playing more efficient, start playing better, start playing more like a team. They got rid of that whatever Bruce was trying to do, and they embraced more of Tom's stuff. But, man, that defense was top five all year. And then you talk about the legendary run they went on. It was Todd Bowles and that defense mm -hmm. that beat Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. Shut them out. Oh. Shut them out. So, so, but now we're going to say he so, is the so, goat. He's so, this, so, he's that. But was it Todd Bowles? So, so now, are we you saying see what I'm that, saying? So, are we saying that Brady didn't actually win? No, 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 no. We ain't going that <laughs> far. He did. He had a lot to do with it. Let me tell you uh, Tom Brady's greatest impact on that team. It wasn't Tom Brady leading the way and overcoming 28 to 3. It, what, that, that's not how they did it. Because even if you go to the Super, this, was it the Super Bowl game? There was, uh, or like they overcame Tom Brady, I think, against the, was it the, I think it was the uh, the Packers where they overcame like two or three interceptions that he threw. And then if you watch these games, there were, there were dropped interceptions too in the NFC Championship game and in the Super Bowl. And that defense held it down. And so Tom Brady's greatest uh, 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 contribution to that Super Bowl year in Tampa wasn't his play on the field. It was his leadership. He did bring, he brought a, a standard there, which is still equally as important because at the end of the day, we just want to win a Super Bowl. And if we're saying we're a team, it doesn't matter who gets the credit, right? right. Tom Brady's greatest contribution to that team that year was that, like, every day, this is the standard. He made mm -hmm. every single person in that building better, not only the backup quarterback or the wide receiver, the star wide receiver, Mike Evans, but the damn grounds crew. Let me get this line fucking as perfect as possible. And so that's what he brought to the table. So now I push the conversation in another direction. So when you hear me talk about uh, 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 what's our guy's name in um, uh, uh, Jalen Hurts in Philly about his leadership skills, 
That's why I'm high on a guy like that, and I won't give up on a guy like that. Because I know what that what, what a guy like that brings to the table. Even a Peyton Manning being benched by Brock Osweiler and then coming back in and that leadership uh, uh, quality, those qualities that he has, it makes everybody better. And that's why that's worth something. So, so, so I'm not knocking Tom Brady, but I also want to balance out the conversation because you got these guys in Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins or Russell Wilson who still can throw it 70 yards, 75 yards. Their football IQ has never been higher. They've seen everything. And, and, and now y'all want me to just give up on them? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> B, B just gave us that beautiful the, the, speech. The thing that you're saying, though, about Brady and, said, and, uh, and Peyton yeah. Manning and, and John Elway is, as your examples is that, yeah, okay, but that happened. That, that was late them. That was later on in their career, even Brady. But you had those Bradys that went in there, and you knew he was going in there to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. You knew he was going in yeah. there to win the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? And he did it while he was young and early in his career. Dak is starting to get into, you know, the second half. Not late in his career, but into the second half of his career. I know, but see so how you're So he needs saying, to be you, winning early, yeah, but, 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 early yeah, and but often. Think, but think about what you're saying, though, right? Like, and this is, like, you're saying, you're saying Dak Prescott. All right, well, Dak Prescott, the first, what, four years of his career, he had, what's the name of the coach? Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. Garrett. Come on, bro. Had Jason Garrett compared to a Tom Brady or these guys that we're comparing to legendary guys that had Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? And even you're talking about Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not comparing these guys from a talent standpoint. Please. I ain't trying to go viral for the wrong reasons. Yeah. But Patrick Mahomes has who? Andy Reid. Andy Reid. And Tyree Kill. And Travis Kelsey. You know what I'm saying? So now saying- you're making my argument then. Because now you're gonna make my now you're making my point. So, Mike McCarthy is that guy, or should they go and get a guy like a Bill Belichick that can actually bring this thing home? Listen, when you win twelve games, and I'm gonna kill your ass every time with this. <laughs> when you win twelve games in a National Football League, three years in a row, mm-hmm. you're a really good coach, or your or, or or your team is doing something special. So I'm just looking at that. To win 12 greatness. games. We're chasing greatness, though. We want to That's be great. greatness. That's not. BC, that's very that, good. BC, you just said question. that's very for, good. For every 12. listener out there on SiriusXM Faction Talk Channel 103 right now, listen to this debate. I don't know who you're a fan of. What team is your team? But there's 32 of them. If your team, if I said this year your team will win 12 games, would you take it or not? Are we winning in the playoffs? Regular season paper champions don't count. Are we winning in the playoffs? Why do we do hey, this? Man, we what do we LeBron do this for? We do this to win. We're doing this to get the ring. We want to get to the top of the mountain, not halfway and fall off. But you just you just want to, you got to get there. You know you, how hard it is. Well, you know how many. You know how many. It is how, hard. How, Go how many? Make it how, many how, how many? How many? How uh, many championships did LeBron lose? Too too many. How many did? Uh, that, how many why, did that, Tom Brady lose? Right, like he lost a couple to the New York Football Lost Giants. a couple, and, and, and those are like the 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 top of the top. But then you go to the second tier guys in the playoffs, 
didn't have so much success. Hell, Peyton Manning, we, who we idolize. But they won. You know Peyton Manning's record? You know uh, Tom Brady's record against the Indianapolis Colts led by, the, by Peyton Manning? It's like 11-2. and two. Mm-hmm. But we still say Peyton Manning's great. We do. We like say Peyton what? Manning's great. Yeah. He got the hardware, though. Tom Brady dominated him. He's 11-2 against the Colts. These are facts. These are facts. However. And we still say he's great. He limped his ass to a championship. He limped himself to a championship. So, again, the Cowboys, high expectations. Dak Prescott, you're getting paid big money. High expectations. We want you to win the the well, I really don't want you to win the Super Bowl as a Giants fan. But as a football fan, we want you to win. Live up to the hype. That's it. And that goes uh, and that goes into the quarter uh the coach as well. Mike McCarthy. Is he the guy to lead these guys? Because he had Andrew uh 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 Aaron Rodgers. All right, and so, they got so one ring. So what we want to do, let's go get let's go, let's go follow the tr- the NFL trend then. Here's the NFL trend. Let's go get the hottest defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator out there. Okay? All right? So I'm just going to go in history. Josh McDaniels. We just talked about him. Oh, baby boy wonder. He's the guy most sought after. You want to get him? You want to go get Matt Patricia? Do we want to go get Matt Patricia? Do we want to go get Brandon Staley? Like, that's the field. We don't know what the hell we're getting. At least I know I'm getting 12 wins from Coach McCarthy and a, a, a playoff uh, berth. I'm in a dance. Wow, that's what we do. That's that's that's, that's what we're settling for. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. That's, <laughs> right. Let's go get Brandon. That's what we <laughs> Brandon Staley. He, oh Josh my goodness, look what he did with the Rams. Oh my, look at all the success they've had. They got talent. They have the talent on the field. They got the guys to go out there and do and and do something on both sides of the ball. So maybe it's the coach. Maybe see, it's the coach. Let me ask you a quick question. Just wins. give me a number. Yes. What amount of years do you give any person, coach, player, whatever, until they they get drafted into the do not trust them? I have to know, bro, because just, I'm like trying to figure out like you got your rookie season. I'm sure you ain't going to hate on them there. And then maybe a second year, but you're like, ah, maybe they got to get into it the third year. Is it like three to four? Is it, it somewhere around there? It's circumstantial, but it's like it's 30 years for for an organization like the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so hold on, the organization, once they hit 30 years of unsuccessful Super Bowl and, wins. And I know I'm going to get a lot of shit because the Knicks ain't won in you know, a long time. But we ain't talking <laughs> since, about that. Since the I point is, though. None of us was here. Yeah, no. The point is, though, that, yeah, it's just the expectations of the Cowboys. You know, right. if they don't want if they don't want that type of heat or pressure and Dak don't want that type of pressure, we need to stop talking about them and unlabel them America's team. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you, especially being, you know, we – we in the same division as them, but I got to ask this question before we move on, guys. Is next season the last year of the Cowboys Super Bowl window? This one. This, Just this one? You this, mean like, so I mean, basically this 2024 they're going to start? This era this of it. Here. This era of it, the like the Dak and all that. Ooh. Well, no, this era of it. Dak might not even be there for the rest of his career. We don't know. We don't I feel know. You. We know. What, what's your question? If if basically is this the last year next season? Is this the last year for the Cowboys Super Bowl window? But I like how BC answered it because he said that he thinks this is the closing window for the Dak era. Yeah, and and I agree. I do agree. The only thing I agree with BC surrounding Dak and the Cowboys on is that because mm. you got to think about 
the tone coming from the owner's office. Jerry Jones is saying, I'm going all out this year. I want it right now. So he could be in the emotional state after this year if they don't get it done or they don't go deep into the playoffs. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody can go. Everybody can get it beat. <laughs> right. Even if it doesn't even make sense, like Coach McCarthy. Let's say Coach McCarthy win another 12 games. He makes it, but he's bounced on the in the in the opening uh in, in the uh the 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 wild card weekend or whatever, let's say whatever wherever they make it to. Mm-hmm. He's out of there. He's out of there. Dak Prescott, like I don't know what's gonna happen, if they're gonna do a new deal or not, but let's say he's they don't. He, they're gonna move on, but now they see this is where I said earlier in the show that the cow, uh, Cowboys don't have the leverage when it comes to the business of Dak, surrounding Dak Prescott. Because now you got to look at it, man, do I want to take on all this dead money? Like, damn, this year alone, he's he's accounting for $60 million, I believe, $59 million against the cap. Now, there was an increase in the cap, in the salary cap, over the last couple of weeks. A lot of teams wasn't expecting that. Some teams thought that the salary cap would actually go down, but it didn't. It went up mm-hmm. by, like, maybe $30, 40000000 million or something Ooh. like that. It's a lot of money to play with. Big spike, yeah. The, the 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 question that comes to mind though, guys, is so if this is the last year for Jack for Dak, right? Um, hold on, sorry. I wanted to know is going to a division title, right? I'm not saying they win the Super Bowl, but if they go to the division title, does that do worse for them or better? Because keep in mind, you go to the division. They've lost a wild card this year. Does Jerry feel like, oh, oh, I'm so close. I'm so close. I gotta, I gotta stay with Dak and McCarthy. I gotta, or is it like, like, does it work against him in that way? Or if they just lose, they don't even make a playoff berth, and he goes and gets rid of the whole squad. Like, does it work against them if they actually get that far? Let me, let me, let's, 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 let's approach it from this angle. The San Francisco 49ers are contenders, strong contenders every single year. They've made it to the Super Bowl and lost some Super Bowls. And they've been, it feels like they're always in the NFC Championship. Right. When do we get tired of those guys getting another opportunity? Mm-hmm. They're getting there. They're getting to the dance. But to, it's about opportunity, right? But that's what I'm saying. But it's about opportunity. But it's like, damn, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You're making it, but you're not winning. We we want to win. Yeah. That's not the goal. Yeah. So my whole thing with this, whether you're you, you you know you make it, but don't win, or you get into the playoffs, that's what you want. You want an opportunity. So now what we should be looking at is like, why did the Dallas Cowboys collapse in this game? Why? Now you got to look at the defensive side. What happened, mm-hmm. Dan Quinn? What happened? Why did they Why did they know everything uh, you guys were going to do before y'all did it? Yeah. Why didn't y'all have an answer for it? Coach McCarthy, did you not did you not over, over, oversee this game plan? What type of meetings did you have with Dan Quinn? How could you allow this to happen? Because it all falls back on you. You're the guy. That's the conversation that we have to have, and that's how we got to be looking at the Dallas Cowboys. That's how we have to be looking at film, not just having this surface-level conversation. I'm not just saying this on paper route, but this is just in sports, period. Oh, let's mm-hmm. fire him because they getting done. Well, why? And who's to blame? Was it Jerry Jones for not going all out like he's saying he's going to go out all out this year? You had seen other teams go make moves. The Baltimore Ravens, they didn't use him, but they went and got Dalvin Cook right before the right, right when he was free. Why? Because mm-hmm. this is our year. This is our window. Jerry Jones has been what? Status quo. So did Jerry Jones 
contribute to this? And how much did he contribute to it? Dan Quinn, how much did you contribute to this? Right? Then Dak Prescott. So, But all we're saying is Dak got to go. Hmm. Well, this is me and BC's argument. Dak got to go or Coach McCarthy. But I just think, you know, there's more to it, you know, and you, you just can't rush. But then. No, nah, I don't rush. But at some point, you got to pull the plug because guess what's not going to change? The owner. Mm-hmm. So that's at, true. At yeah. the end of the day, something's got to give, right? So if we're going to keep doing this. And again, if the Cowboys, I think maybe they buy themselves some more time, Dak and McCarthy, if they show and actually get to the conference, you know, uh, the conference championship game. Here he, here he, here he. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Hear ye, hear ye. Hear ye? Ye. Ye. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. The Dallas Cowboys will be in the <laughs> NFC Championship game. Now, that's as far as my superpowers will allow me to go. <laughs> I can't go out there and say, like I said last year, that they will be representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. We have Super Bowl 55 approaching. We're at the beginning of the tunnel. It's still dark. We don't see even the light at the end of the tunnel. But when we get to week 15, week 16, we're going to be having two conversations surrounding the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott up for MVP. And, man, this is the team. That sounds a lot In the like NFC. this past season. I feel <laughs> It doesn't like matter. It's about moves. today. That's the problem. You, as Yo, a player, coach, you fan, you can't live in the past. When you look at the football landscape, take out the commentary. The Dallas Cowboys are in. There's only one other team in the NFC that's in a better position than the Dallas Cowboys. And that's the San Francisco 49ers. They got better. They lose Dan Quinn. They go bring in a sophisticated, phenomenal defensive coordinator, Mm -hmm. OG. They still got their guys. They still got Dak. They got Coach McCarthy, who had his best year coaching last year, that I think. They got an owner that's saying, now I'm, I'm not going to stay status quo. I'm actually going to be a little bit more aggressive. We're going all out. Dak Prescott, was, wasn't he up for MVP last year? We were talking about who's going to get it. Brock Purdy, uh, down the stretch. Oh, here go Dak Prescott. You got Lamar Jackson. Can Tyreek Hill eclipse 2,000 and would I get it done for him? He just got in the conversation because it was he's a he's a cowboy. I got a question for Stephen A. Smith. I got a question for Dan Orlovsky. I got a question for fourth and one and Cam Newton. I got a question for Shady McCoy. Who? Who? Which team? is in better position than the Dallas Cowboys. Take the commentary out of it. Take the expectations out of it. Take the star out of it. Look at coaching. Look at players. And then compare that to the division. Who's firing who? The Philadelphia Eagles. They lose their offensive coordinator. They lose their defensive coordinator. They got guys retiring. There's turmoil in the locker room. The commanders, that, 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 that. that. Compare it. Then go outside the division and compare it. Who is in better position than the Dallas Cowboys to represent the NFC? And I'll tell you right now, there's one team, and that's the 49ers. That's it. 
think there's another one. That Who? I think Detroit. Oh, my goodness. I think, Detroit, <laughs> I think Detroit's back there again. I no, think they're true. back. I mean, there was a couple of boneheaded plays away from <laughs> going to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I think Detroit, man. I think Detroit will be hanging around in the NFC. They might be a problem. Dallas Cowboys Day. Real quick, B. Dallas Cowboys Day. This is Dallas. I, I, I deem this day Dallas Cowboys Day tomorrow. Or maybe Monday, whenever you guys decide. Let's do it Monday. Let's do it Monday. There's no there's no football on Sunday. There's nothing to talk about. Monday is Dallas Cowboys Day. Global sports talk conversation. The Dallas Cowboy. And my question to Stephen A. Smith, to Dan Orlowski, to Shady McCoy, to Emmanuel and Sam Acho. Who is in better position than Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys to represent the NFC? Take the 49ers out of it. Now give me the rest of the list. Paper. Paper champs. Monday. All right. Monday Let's it is. Let's debate. Let's debate. But before then, Br- Take Brandon. the commentary out of it. I know who's trying to call. Take the commentary. <laughs> I want to make this clear because that's I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear, oh, well, we keep saying, I don't want to hear that. Take the commentary out of it. Look at it from a pure football standpoint. Compared to the division, especially my my guys that's been in the locker room. Y'all know when you're in the locker room, you got stuff leaking and coming out, turmoil. Does that make you stronger or is it weakening you when it happens for six, seven months in a row? Let's debate. I just want to hand this to you. I just got this. This is uh, shipped over from Jerry Jones. That's your weekly stipend for <laughs> the Cowboys commentary that you keep giving. He just want to make sure you get your check. See, you yeah. see what happens? You, you see what here. happens in the space, BC? You see you over here beating the Dallas Cowboy drum, man. <laughs> but you see what happens. I, 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 I come out here and I, I'm, I'm, it's a challenge. What's the challenge called? I don't know. We're going to do a challenge where we're going to yeah, have the whole sports, the, the the football sports talking head community come together, have this one conversation. This one conversation. Mm-hmm. This one conversation. Why? And as soon as I do that, my guy, my guy sitting next to me, Andrew, says, oh, see here, you're, you're put this battery in your back and here's your stipend <laughs> because of the cup. Why can't it just be just pure football talk because it's always the same it's talk the for same. years every year same like rhetoric. that's the commentary it's not the commentary it's the they facts. haven't done anything since 90 they have not won they have not won <laughs> the cincinnati Bengals haven't won why are we talking about them and joe burrow then we're not talking about them we're talking we about patrick mahomes them, and kansas city Chiefs we put them because they're in, winning. in josh allen when's the last I, time I, buffalo bills won we keep talking about oh this team is a contender this team is good even am i why we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys. I trust them. Oh. oh. Trust them. Whoa. I trust them to let me down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I trust them to let me down. Well, and everyone else. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I got a perfect segue. Hold on, he said, is there this... Okay, now, I'm, go ahead, go ahead. I got you, I got you. I got a perfect segue. So, we're bringing back with the approach of March tomorrow, March 1st. We have March... Madness. Mm. That's our in-house game where you get set up with a question or a certain um, game, and then you basically break it down for us. So in this particular game, we had that apparently the Chiefs dynasty could go on for a while now that we know uh, Rand- Andy Reid said he and the team have opened talks on a new contract. Reid and Patrick Mahomes have won three Super Bowls in the last five seasons. So let's bring back March Madness, Brandon's infamous top five list. And today, the subject is the top five coach and player duos in sports history. In sports history? Every sport. In sports history? Yeah, you might have a secret, like, baseball combo we don't know about or, you know, anything from... I mean, obviously, we're going to get a lot of football and basketball, but there's been a lot of just player-coach relationships that have resulted in championships that we may not even know of, but... I think there's a lot of – I mean, right off the top, you have one out of the five with Andy Reid and uh, Patrick Mahomes. I'll throw another one at you with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I'll throw another one at you, Phil Jackson and Michael. i throw another one at you, Phil Jackson and Kobe and Shaq. So, like, this list can go on and on. He just named them all. I just named them all. <laughs> you just named them all. You did those are, probably, those are probably the bubble to the top, right? That's level right. one. Right. Is there anybody that we could think of or any other coach duos that we really like? Did you, did you um, mention Popovich? Popovich? There you go. Duncan. There you go. Popovich. Honestly, Pop though, BC. Popovich. I would Star, say Popovich Vince Lombardi. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's not for, let's let's not forget about some legendary ones. Some some maybe a hit of our generation in our yep. time. Mm-hmm. Joe Montana and Bill and, Walsh. Yes, I was going to go with that one. Yes. Ooh. And then obviously you already said Tom Brady. And Bill Belichick, and then you got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I put them up there. Yeah. But you got Michael Jordan, Kobe. Michael, I mean, you got Michael Jordan, Phil. You got uh, Phil and Kobe. Right. Right. 
Serena and her coach. Serena whoever and her the, coach. Her yeah, coach. exactly. Serena and her Tiger coach. Woods and his coach. Whatever the they, hell his they, hitting their coach dads, is. Their dads. Serena and her dad and Tiger and his yeah. dad. Like <laughs> the creator Shoot. and the coach. So, so number one, and, and, and guys, let's let's do this in real time, right? Let's have this debate. Let's put together, let's put together this top five. This is Marsh Madness, Brandon's top five player coach duos of all time mm-hmm. in all sports. All sports. And I gotta say this, all of my football fans out there and my brothers, mm-hmm. we got a lot of soccer players that rock with our show that's international. I don't know soccer like that. So maybe you can look up that. Like Messi oh, and his coach. Yeah. I don't know. Like is what can we miss in tennis? I think we have tennis covered. Baseball, I don't even know we need to waste our time with baseball. <laughs> all right, so number one for me of all time is Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And the reason why, man, it's just like to do it for 20 years, 19 years in football yeah. is ridiculous. And some people want to come out here and say, well, look at the division. He's in the weakest division. He was in the weakest division ever. That might be so, but that's not Tom's fault. <laughs> like, you mean to tell me like Jets, the Bills, the Dolphins, y'all couldn't slow him down for two years? Nope. Three, like come out of twenty, that's not his fault. It's probably the reason why they were so they that why they were so bad in the divisions because they were panicking. They were so emotional. We gotta beat Tom, we gotta beat Tom. You got Bill Bella checking out there just For making real. rash decisions, it impulsive. Psychological. They was like let me, ah, yeah. the the, the, the Jets say, Let me go get Brett Favre. He's turning fifty. <laughs> let me go get Brett Favre. Like, what? <laughs> what are we doing? Oh, so Bill Belichick, Tom Brady won, and I got to go with MJ and also uh, Phil at two. Is there any debate, any pushback there, BC or Andrew? I push back. You said you're number one, right? My number one's Tom and, Brady and Bill Belichick. Go ahead. I know I'm always going to speak from the outside of the lines, man, but I will forever remember Phil Jackson coaching mm. Kobe and Shaq, bro. Those early 2000 mm. series with the Lakers, they live in my head. They literally live in my head. Them going against Portland, them going against uh, Iverson. Like, those games and Shaq's dominance, Kobe's skill, already coming off of the six championships with Bulls. Can I ask What's you a up? question? Did Shaq and Kobe and Phil catch Jordan, Pippen, and Phil? They could have. Did they? No. So we going back to the rings conversation. Look, look, then. Look, look, look. What are we talking? You asked me what's my didn't. best player, coach, they player, didn't. player and coach duo. Came close. Are you coming though. from an emotional standpoint? Yes, that's what I said. I said it's stuck in my memory from being that young and watching those games. I didn't. I mean, I had spurts where I watched football and then went out of it. This is new media. We have a job to do. In media, it is our responsibility to, to give the truth to the people. And the truth is, MJ and Phil and Pippen was more legendary than Kobe, Shaq, and Phil. Difference of agree. opinion. I got to agree. I mean, two three-peats beats one. 
Well, will we? But 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 you you said it. This is this is your preference. This is my fantasy. preference. You know, you're coming from. I, I, I think they were a more dominant team than any of those groups. Okay. All right. So we. But all right. Cool. So you have. But so, or can we say Tom Brady and Bill Belichick won? For me, was you pushing back there? Yeah, I was pushing back there. They're my two. So there are two, and the number yeah. one is M is Phil and the Kobe Shacker. And the Kobe Shacker. Okay, mm-hmm. great. We there you go. You so what's like you three? Do not believe me. <laughs> what's three? Uh, I would probably. Something. I mean, pop pop could potentially yeah, be pop up is, there, bro. Pop could be up there. Pop should be up there. I mean, let's put Pop at five. Let's put him on a board right now. Yeah, I mean, he pop. yeah he won what five rings with Tim Duncan. Pop and David Robinson. Yeah. Pop and Tim, they're on the board. Yeah, they're on the board for sure. Bill and Joe, man. I'm putting Serena. Ooh, I got one. I'm putting Serena and her dad. And I know she had she had she professional has, coaches, coaches. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to them. We just we don't have y'all's name right now, but we know we know Pop's put her in position. <laughs> Would you guys consider uh, I'm trying to make sure I get the names right. Jimmy Johnson, Troy Aikman? No. No. So Serena Williams. So, so no? Serena, Serena Williams. Serena Williams uh, head coach Patrick. And I don't, Patrick M. We're going to say Patrick M. Okay. And Richard Williams, her father. So Serena Williams, Richard Williams, and Patrick Martiglou. We'll go, we'll go with that. Yeah, we'll go with that one. They're three for me. <laughs> okay. Do you want to go Tiger and his dad at four? Mm. And then Pop and Tim at five? Tiger, dad, and hitting coaches. Tiger and dad and no, hitting coaches. I think I would put them behind Pop. Really? Yeah. All right, so there we go. There you have it. We're going to... This is Marsh Madness, right? Marsh Madness. This is my segment? This is your segment. So it's my rules? <laughs> yeah, it's your rules. All right, so we're going to exclude you out. Your, <laughs> we're going to exclude your feedback. Okay. Out of this uh, version of Marsh Madness, the all-time coaching and player duos in all sports. So this is BC. BC's a contributor to this. It's my segment. BC, you have your own segment in development. Being reviewed by the committee, if we're going to actually invest in this. B, what is it? BC's uh, can't trust them. Can't trust them. Can't trust them. Can't trust them. And we know Dallas Cowboys are there. So, BC, you're contributing to this. You get uh, a credit. You're, you know, you get a credit. All right. You all right? Love that. There you go. So, BC and Brandon's Marsh Madness, all-time coaching player duo in all sports. You got Tom Brady and Bill Belichick out one. You got MJ and Phil. At two, at three, you have Serena Williams, Richard Wi- Williams, and also Patrick M. At four, BC moved up Pop and Tim Duncan. Yeah. Moved down Tiger and his dad and hitting coaches, because there's been a couple of hitting coaches at five. That's our all-time list. Please debate. Give us feedback. And now... The debate continues around Russell Wilson. A lot is happening at the NFL scouting scouting combine. It looks like 
There's 100%, 100% chance that Russell Wilson moves on. We sat down with Russell Wilson earlier last, uh, late last week, put out the show Sunday night. There's more audio and more stuff that you guys miss. Here's Russell Wilson. Peace. Yeah, y'all have four babies. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask the question later, like, y'all done. But, nah, damn, bro. <laughs> you want more? Of course, yeah, more. So, yeah, I got four babies right now. Might be done. Might be done. Um, what's the best piece of advice you can give us men out there on parenting? Not parenting, on being a father, mm. right? And, and then also being specific. You said it, you know, not much you're holding him and you're like, yo, this is God gave you that vision. Like, yo, this is going to be your responsibility. So, like, is there a difference from, you know, you know, how you approach being a father, stepfather, you understand? No, I, I think that when you raise, when you're raising children, right, and you're married and everything else and loving, it's like, you got to love every single child as if they're yours, right? That, that's been the greatest gift of, 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 of raising future and Sienna and Wynn and, and now Mora, you know, in two months. It's like, man, God gave me that opportunity to raise them and to love them and to, to, to care for them and teach them and to love them as every day, you know, that way. And there's no difference. There's no, no difference in the kids. Yeah, I think to me, it's the greatest gift and knowing that that's the responsibility to raise these four beautiful children all together mm-hmm. in this. And, and we all come from blended families a lot of times. We all come from different this and that, but it's, it's to be able to be one. And that's been the best part um, of raising these kids with C and, 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 and everything else. And just seeing Future Smile shooting hoops with Steph Curry and seeing Sienna do her gymnastics and how much she's dedicated. I swear, I think she's going to win a gold medal doing that. To, to see when, I don't know if he's going to be Floyd Mayweather. You know, he, he want to box everybody. Or, or, or if he's going to, you know, play shortstop for the New York Yankees. I don't know. And then more over here, I mean, um, you know, so yeah, she, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what she's going to be. But her smile is just perfect. I, I just think, though, that the gift to be able to raise kids with C every day, knowing that you're equally yoked and also knowing that we're on this journey together and it's been one of the greatest gifts to life. What's the, what's the one piece of advice you can give us fathers? Yeah, I, I would say, I think a key part of it every day, and we all, we're all, we've all been raised differently. I was fortunate to have my dad there every day. Um, not always physically because he was always working and, and he had to work two jobs at one point. We didn't have enough money. I, he was trying to get me to go to private school. And we had to raise enough money to be able to just to be able to, for me to go or to be have enough money for. And we didn't have hot water a lot of times. No, maybe maybe no water at all. So like my dad was working two jobs at one point. I remember somebody coming up to my dad and like, ah, I saw your dad working at the gas station. You know, I was like, no, he's my dad. You know, my dad. You know, it's like my dad was uh, he was doing this FBI investigation. He was doing something. He ain't working. I came home. My dad, dad, you working at the gas station? He said, son, I got to pay for your school. Got to pay for the baseball bats and the gloves and the football. You know, he would do whatever it took. And so, to me, I think fatherhood is a direct reflection of what God has done for us. It's unconditional love to be able to love us in the midst of it all, to be able to, to be there for us, to be able to provide, to be able to care for us, to be able to show up every day. Not just, not just physically, but also mentally and spiritually. I think the opportunity to be able to love and to speak life into us. You know, my dad always spoke life into me. You know, he always encouraged me. He always lifted me up. And so to me, I have this amazing responsibility every day with Future, with Sienna, with Wynn, now more, even though she can't really, you know, I'm not sure if she can understand me yet, but it's the, it's the gift and the responsibility that God's given me to, 
love them the way that he wants me to love them mm. and to raise them that way and to show up every day. Mm. And I think our, our young boys need that for us to show up. I think our young daughters, we need that. They need that for us to show up every day. Mm -hmm. Because who are they going to see down the road? You know, I want my daughter Sienna or Amora to be able to see, man, I want to be, I want to marry somebody like my dad one day. If you don't treat mm -hmm. me like that, yeah. mm -hmm. then. I want, my, I want my, my sons to know how we're supposed to love. And we're not going to be perfect, but how are you supposed to love and forgive and to, you know, so I think that's, that's why you got to show up every day. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. why you got to be there. That's why you got to be a part of it. And so it's been the best part of the journey, I think, yeah. you know, and, uh, and they get to see me take risks and challenges and take, uh, take the journey you know, that of, of, of excellence every day and knowing that you're not always going to be there, but man, we're still climbing. We're striving. We're still climbing. We're still climbing. Because I want them to keep climbing even when it's hard. Right. When there's obstacles in front of them and to keep jumping, you know, to keep going, you know, and I think that's the key to climbing a mountain. And that's the, that's the journey I'm on right now. We're climbing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the best part about it is, is that I got like all the confidence in the world in it. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to, uh, really quickly, I want to go back to just marriage and being a husband. Um, doing my research, I looked in the comments, and one person said, Russell Wilson is the definition of a high-value man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what, is, what is that? What does that look like? In and, terms and what, of marriage or just in terms of what? Yeah, like just being a husband, being a man. Like Paint the picture for those guys that don't never had that picture painted for him. I think the first thing about marriage is that you have to have enough grace enough for each other to be able to communicate, to be able to love, to be able to encourage, to also be able to understand your highs and your lows, your flaws, and appreciate that, and knowing that, um, that you're, you're still one, you know, you're one. And I think that's a key part to, you know, you know CNI's is knowing that we're equally yoked. You know, her drive and her passion, just watching her every day and the success. I mean, she's the best person on the planet on the stage, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And so watching her and all the things that she does and, and the businesswoman she is, she's got her own skincare line called OAM. She's got all this business stuff. That, and then she's still the mom taking, driving the kids to school every single day. She go harder than you, bro. Yeah, she, she <laughs> I, I wouldn't disagree with she that. Go she go hard. She go, I go hard, but she, she, she triple time. Yeah. But I think the thing about it is, is that, you know, watching, watching her every day, how she loves, how she forgives, how she cares, how she gives her all every day. No wonder why she's been a success ever since she was, mm -hmm. before, I, before I ever knew her, she was, you know, one of the largest people on the planet, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's just watching her success and her, her journey and knowing that she's, you know, still so young and still so vibrant and so energetic. Mm -hmm even after four kids, and we're gonna have a fifth, I, I'm just telling her. But my, <laughs> the part of it, the part of it though, is just that just like the drive every day, and that's inspirational and, and, and inspiring to me every day, yeah. you know, watching that, and a bit more importantly to my kids, they get to see that, and as I said, that was the fourth thing on the list, the non-negotiable, right? And to see that every day, understanding that, you know, my kids know that mama's gonna do it. You know, for me, to know that Miss Wilson's gonna do it, Sierra's gonna do it every single day, you know? And so that's the part that's, that's the fun part of it. Um, I think the challenge of, of marriage is, is to, sometimes is to, is to keep going. I think a lot of us all struggle 
with that. And I think, you know, nowadays, you know, I think a big part of it is, is that we're always on our phones. We're always, all of us, you know, we're just always constantly disconnected. So having those date nights, having those, you know, those moments where you're just together, just you two, away from the kids and all that kind of stuff. And you just yeah, get to, religious about you, you, that. you gotta, you gotta be able to still date even in, we're going on year eight of marriage coming up, right? Like, you know, been together almost 10 years. So it's like that alone is you got to be able to still date each other. You got to still be able to, you know, um, go through that and communicate. And I think, you know, not everything's perfect along the way, you know, but it's, you know, I, I want to be, um, you know, Sierra's parents have been married for a long time. You know, uh, you know, my mom and dad, although my dad is no longer here, they were married for a long time. And I want to go, I, I, when I first met her, I told her the first day, I said, I want that old school kind of love. And uh, we definitely have that for sure. Good. All right, we're gonna land the plane here. Give me her top, your your top three Sierra songs. Mm. Top three Sierra songs? Yeah. Well, I think number one I would say is. Mm. If you wanna go five, you go five, but I'm taking it easy on Number that. one, I would say Ride. Right. I love watching that video. <laughs> uh, um, I would say number two, I would say Body Party. Okay. Because there's a moment in that in that song, actually I saw her smile and I was like, that's the one for me. I seen her smile in that video. I was like, she the one for me. And number three, I'm gonna say one two step goodies and level up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. that. What would be your number one lesson? One lesson you can teach everybody on leadership. What would it be? Mm, good question. To me, it's simple. Love even when, love despite even when others don't love you. You know, because to me, you know, you have to be able to love, not just love people, but love the passion of what you're doing every day, even when people make it hard. Loving the, loving the process, loving the, the drive into work, loving, you know, the, the challenge of marriage, loving the challenge of raising kids, loving the challenge of everybody having a camera and watching you every day, loving the challenge of just uplifting, loving the challenge of, of overcoming, loving the challenges of that, loving the challenge of just trying to get closer to God and just knowing that, man, God, I'm not perfect, but just loving that challenge in itself, mm-hmm. right? Loving the challenge of, man, like at 35 years old, how am I going to be better at 35 than I was at 25? Mm. Loving that challenge and that obsession with that. And that's where greatness comes. And so when you can be surrounded around the right people with that and, and speak life into that and also lead that way and love that way and knowing that my confidence is never going to change. Mm-hmm. It's never going to change because I put the work in every day, every single day. It's an obsession. It's a love for it. And so even through, you know, my 13, going to my 13th year, yeah, I had, you know, a year ago I had a tough year, 20, you know, getting my first year in Denver. But this year I felt like I was you know, playing pretty good. I didn't, you know. 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, it's like. Look good. But I still got more in me. Yeah. And that's, that's the love. That's the passion. That's the, even when some people don't even believe in you all the way. Yeah. And that's the exciting part. That's the thrill. Mm-hmm. That's the joy. Yeah. That's the fire. That's the passion. That's the part I'm looking forward to. You different, bro. You lonely? Like, do you get lonely at times? Like, I feel like greatness you know, we talked about a little bit, you said like you gotta be a little bit delusional. Sometimes people don't understand you. Is it, is it lonely for, for, I for think, some of the top I think, leaders? I think leadership is lonely sometimes. 
I think greatness is lonely sometimes. I think, especially when you've had success and maybe it's not going exactly how everybody or you, you, you even yourself thought it was gonna go, it's like, okay. But that part of every great player that we can even think of has gone through challenges and journeys and struggles and got injured out for a whole year to players, you know, not went into this and that. And I think all of that is part of the story, right? I mean, you know, I came into this men mentally of, I'm gonna play 20 years. I said that back in 2012, I'm gonna play 20 years, mm -hmm. right? So I, I, I wanna play seven more years, right? And so for me, it's like, that commitment has not changed because I, I put that, I, I put that, I wrote that out a long time ago. It says in Habakkuk 2.2, 2. it says, write it out plain so people can see it. Mm -hmm. I wrote it out a long time ago. I already know what's gonna happen. And so part of that though is, is that you gotta know that when you're climbing a mountain, you gotta know that you're gonna fall a little bit. You gotta keep going back up. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you climb one mountain. I've been fortunate to be able to climb the mountain of winning and success and holding a trophy and then you know, you come back down to go to climb the next one, to hold the next trophy, you gotta climb back up. Let me ask you this question. Would you rather have it this way, be on this journey, or would you rather have it where you won that second Super Bowl and won a couple others and everything was just sweet? Well, I would have loved to win the second one. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I'm not gonna, but the but reason I think, why I ask that question mm -hmm. is like, when you think about the bigger picture and the development of who we are as men, yeah. you know, it's like, I think would it's, you be, you, would you be thinking like this if you didn't have these challenges, like some of these challenges? Like, and, and, and let's be clear, like you have a hall of, you're a hall of famer, mm -hmm. right? Let's be clear, you know, you have a career that, you know, 98% of the quarterbacks that came into the NFL, which is only a few, would dream of, right? But for you, I know like your expectation is different than most. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that, you know, in every journey, everybody's journey is a little bit different. I've been fortunate, you know, in, along the journey so far. And first 10 years, having some great years. And then, you know, I had one tough year. It's like, didn't go, didn't go my way. And just, you know, like I said, I was battling through injuries. But then this year, I feel like, okay, like I'm, 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 getting, back on, I'm getting back on it right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm ready. And so for me, on, along the way, along the journey, you know that it's like, My goal is still the same goal. I wrote it out a long time ago. I want to win three to four Super Bowls. I still got that in front of me. And so holding that chill of the trophy again is what's on my mind. Why do you keep saying the chill of the trophy? I have been 13 years in the NFL. I ain't been to play. It's got a, it's got a, it's got a chill, chill to it, baby. You got a chill. You got a chill of the trophy, baby. You found that metal. chill of a trophy. It's got a certain <laughs> chill to it, man. It's, is it, it gives you chills, but it's got a, it, it, the, it's, I think the thrill of it, the chill of it, the, the actual holding that trophy is a, it's a feeling. Let's role play real quick. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's say next year you hoisting that Lombardi, no, hoisting that Lombardi trophy. Walk me through, like, what that looks like. I'm talking about the next, the three, four days after. We doing Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I know you're doing my podcast yeah, first. Yeah, that's what you said earlier, yeah, right? right, right. right. Soon as I see that's what I'm saying. I think it's important, right? Like, you know, I, you know, I know you're a vision guy and it's like, you gotta, you, when you dream, you gotta, you gotta see it. You know what I'm saying? Like every inch of it. And yeah, I, I think part of it is, first of all, I think in this right now, where I am today, as we sit here today is like, man, getting my mind in, in my body and my spirit and everything ready to go back to, to Denver and win it at all. Yeah. Right, if that's what I gotta do, let's go. 
Let's go do it. That's what I committed to, and that's what I'm ready for. If that, you know, if that changes, I'll be ready wherever that is next. And so my love and my passion hasn't changed. You know, I, I'm dedicated to winning again, mm-hmm. dedicated to the process of winning again and all that. And I know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, that's the great thing about, you know, being at two Super Bowls. You know what, the, what it looks like. You know the standard of excellence. You know, you know the process. You know the long days, and you got to love that thing, man. you got to love every bit of it. The long days watching the film, the process of healing, the process of treatment, the process of, of every bit of it. And I've gotten better at it, smarter at it as I've gotten actually older, as, especially the past two years, especially after I got my knee cleaned up. It's like, okay, I've I got I to change my sleeping habits. I've got to change my dietary habits. I've got to change this. And you got to evolve that. You gotta, as you evolve, you understand that, man, like, here we go again. And there, I think there's always this, these phases that you go through, mm-hmm. especially 20, you want to play yeah. 20 years, you know, right. there's, these, there's these phases that you go through. And so for me now, I think it's really about really just simply one thing, mm-hmm. you know? You want to you, you do everything you can to win, the process of it. And that's really my obsession right now. Just do, do one thing for me, bro. Yeah. Shake on it right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm shaking on before. I'm the first sit down. <laughs> I got you. Straight up. I'm the got first you. sit down. Got you. Right? Got and then you. we gonna go low. That's the moment we're gonna <laughs> so go silly. low. I told y'all more. <laughs> so, so no, but for real, let's move on real quick. I wanna hit two things. So one of the things that your father used to always tell you was paint the picture. Mm-hmm. Right? Eight, nine, ten years old. Where are you gonna be in 25 years? Ah, do it again. That you're bigger than that, right? Paint the picture, Russell Wilson, 35, you know, want to play seven more years. Like, paint the picture. Mm-hmm. Paint the picture for me. Paint the picture. Um, next five years, I could hold two more Super Bowl trophies. That's my, that's my goal. Um, that's my prayer. If I don't, okay. But that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. That's my plan. And, and also knowing that there's so many variables to that. But knowing that you, know, you want to be one of the greatest winners to ever play this game, knowing that you impacted this game, you leave a legacy for this game, and you get to impact that. I think, you know, for me, I think also, too, I've learned a lot in terms of leadership along the way. I think being in Seattle, starting off as a rookie, head in the playbook, just tunnel vision, and getting a lot of amazing teammates around you, like, there's, there's just, you're just going. And then you go in rookie year, and then you go second year Super Bowl, and then you lose the Super Bowl. Okay, like God, like now you got to be hard shell. You got to get. You just got to mentally keep going internally, for you to overcome what you just went through. And so that becomes a certain person. And then all of a sudden, 2018, 2019, 2020, you become like, okay, I'm here. Like you said earlier, you arrive, and it's like you're balling. You're going after it. And then I break my finger. And leadership is like, okay, this is different. How do I handle this? How do I go about it? And then obviously I end up in Denver and things, you know, you, you, you try to take exactly what you did in Seattle and put it in somewhere else and it doesn't always go exactly the same. It doesn't always look the same and everything else. And so then you take that first year and you kind of say, you know what, it's kind of like you learn from it and you, you grow from it, you evolve from it. And coming into this year was about, you know what, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to, one, number one, take care of myself physically, number one, that's the most important thing. And then number two is in terms of that is you're gonna lead and, and even through the midst of storms, you're gonna uplift other people. Mm-hmm. And so I think now, sitting here at 35 years old and trying to play to 42, 43 years old is like, okay, whatever's next, wherever's next and whatever that is, is like, 
going into a locker room building and everything else and understanding that at 35 years old, you got so much to teach and so much to show and so much to give others. And listen, I think in a 12 year period, there hasn't been much that I haven't gone through. <laughs> I've been through all the winning, been through some of the losing, not all of it. <laughs> Somebody said some of them. Some of them. <laughs> get, don't get used to it. Yeah, right, right. Because so many people get used to losing. Right. Right. Winning is a habit, but losing is too. Mm. And that's not a habit I'm taking in. Mm. That's not a habit I believe in. Mm. Losing. So winning's got to be the habit that you get so addicted to, and teaching people how to do that, giving people that, and showing, showing the next receiver, showing the next player, showing the next guy on the O-line, DB, showing the guy what Bible study looks like on a, on a Saturday night and spending time with that and just giving yourself every day to mm-hmm. that and being vulnerable enough to show that. And I think you learn so much from your successes, but you also got to learn from some of the failures too. Right, right. And so in the midst of that, I think is what's next is, is understanding that give your all to everyone else and it serves right back to you. Right. And knowing that, you know what, all I really care about is just the spirit of God being around me, man. Like, I just want to be able to give that to other people, to have a kingdom mindset, to have a winning mindset, to, you know, have a mindset of what God wants and how he wants me to speak, how he wants me to lead. And then raising these kids and, and, uh, and, and really trying to make sure that what's for them and their destinies and what God has given them to make sure that it comes to fruition mm. for them. Because my parents gave it their sacrifice. They sacrificed every single day just so I could be here, right where I am. And they went through some stuff. And I learned what my mom went through and what she was challenged on, what my dad went through and what they went through together and what they were challenged on. It wasn't perfect days. It was ugly days a lot of times. And so knowing that the ugly days is where the beauty comes. Sierra always says it's, it's, the, scars that, it's the scars that you have that... That, that make your beauty marks. Mm-hmm. And it's so true though, is like the things that we go through are actually the, the things that actually are become our, the, the most beautiful things. I think it's Michelangelo who says something, paraphrasing here, but he says something, I used to write it on the wall. It says that, you know, if people only knew how many hours I spent, it wouldn't be that beautiful after all. <laughs> what I'm on right now is this, this journey of winning, right? And everybody sees winning as just the, Holding the trophy. No, it's the journey. It's the challenge. It's the obstacles. It's the things you got to go through and go underneath and challenge and dodge and and still also know that man, like what God's got for me is so much greater than even where I'm standing right now. Even if my feet are in the stand, it feels like you're struggling. Okay, how to get out of it, man? Like I know what God has for me. It's going to be so good. And so for me, what's next is 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 the process of winning and the habit of winning and the Mm -hmm. habit of the obsession, the love for it. That's what I love. That's what I care right, about. Right, right. That's the fire. That's the passion that I got for this game. And so for me, after that's all said and done, and after the last day I get to take my cleats off, and when I, you know, say I'm done, which is seven years or more, you <laughs> sit, you're done with all that, you get to sit back and say, you know what? I gave my all. I gave my all, no matter what anybody's got to say. I gave my all every day. And so far, I've given my all. But I got a lot more to give. Mm. And so after it's all said and done, and my dad used to say, you know, son, it's not the day you're born. It's not the day you die. It's the hash mark in between. 
how you impacted people, how you impacted the community that you're in. When you go to a certain city, how do you change that city? How do you, how do you give back to the community? How do you go into a hospital room and still mm -hmm. pray over the hospital room and, and, and speak life into it? Yeah. The hash mark in between. So you don't know when it's all said and done in life, but every day give your all. And that's something that we can control. That's something I can control every day. Yeah. And so and I'm excited for the journey, man. I'm excited because I know um, it's, it's really, it's just the beginning of it. I want to say, bro, like, thank you um, for sitting with me. You know, you're one of those guys that never really talk. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's a true honor to be in a position I'm in for a guy like you to trust and say, you know what? I'm a rock with him. I can sit on his show, right? And there's been others that, that came before you as well. And, you know, I don't take that responsibility lightly. So I just want to say thank you. Well, uh, I think for your I thank time. you because I think the reason why I think I was open enough to do this with you is, be, is truly because you're, you're uplifting people. You know, every day I see you, you're, you're trying to uplift others. And I am athlete and all the things that you've done. And, how amazing you are, what you do, but also too, obviously playing with you and you know, knowing what you do every day in the locker room, how you go about your business and your understanding of the game, but more importantly, how you're spending time on building the next athlete, mm -hmm. speaking life into them and building them up. And that's why, that's why like you said, you're gonna be the next Oprah, <laughs> right? Got gotcha. you, shake on it. Now, when you are the next Oprah, just make sure I get a show or something, you know what I mean? But, but <laughs> on a serious note though, man, like I, how you, how you speak life into people, how you've dedicated your career after playing ball into, into others. And, and this is a message to everybody in this space. Like, we don't need to create those gotcha moments, right? Like, sitting here and letting you tell your story. That's what it's on. It's like, I'm not interviewing you. I'm having a conversation with you. You tell me about this. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, that's it. Like, I don't need to follow traditional journalism uh, protocol and approaches, no. I got Russell Wilson sitting with me. Um, you trust me? Yeah, of course. All right, come on, get on your knee, get low, get low. Yeah. That's how we get low feel like, why? You gotta get low sometimes, <laughs> why get low, why? Get low, why? Hey, that boy, hey, Michelle Obama, you gotta get low, bitch. This how it look, bro. You gotta get low, it feel good now. Right. Come down here, bro. Get down there, bro. Boy, get your ass up. You gotta get low. <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.